best understanding of America begins, or so it seems to us, with the realization that this nation is young yet, that she is still new and unfinished, that even now, America is man's greatest adventure in time and space. The University of North Carolina presents American Adventure, a study of man in the new world, his values and his characteristics, who he is, what he believes, what he lives by. American Adventure is produced on a grant and aid from the National Association of Educational Broadcasters, made possible by the Educational Television and Radio Center. Written by John Ely, directed by John Clayton, today's program presents Les Casey as Mrs. Bruchard in The Battle. January 8, 1815, early morning. The war with the British, which began in 1812, is over. But the people of Louisiana have not heard the news, and the Battle of New Orleans has not started. The Americans cling to the wall of a bulwark of earth near the city. It is a cold morning in the heart of the southern winter. <coughs> what is the matter, George? Huh? Do you have a cold? No, but I'm cold enough. Nervous? Cold, you get nervous. I see. What you writing? A letter to my wife. She is back in the city. Writing a letter? She is going to have a baby. For the Lord's sake. Oh, I have one boy already, you know. She wants a girl. But God will send what he wants to. I wonder if he cares. Huh? And what's to be said for a family anyway? I have a mother back in the city. She's all I have and I'm all she has. No, no, that isn't right. She has a coffee shop. Me and a coffee shop. Sometimes I don't know which one she loves the most. A nonsense. Here I am with my belly on the mud, looking out at the mist where 12,000 British soldiers are waiting. Look, George, you're going to be all right. Yeah, I know. I know. We have Lafitte's pirates to help us. The pirates are good fighters. We have Indians. We have free slaves. We have General Jackson, too. He we says... have General Jackson shaking with malaria. And I have a mother with a coffee shop. You have a wife with an unborn baby. And each of us has a rifle he knows nothing about. And out there are 12,000 soldiers who fought in the wars. Look, George, sit down. Write a letter, like I am trying to do. Do something. We can't be cowards. Huh? Cowards? Am I a coward? That's cold, Lord of mercy. Just because I'm afraid, does that make me a coward? No, it doesn't. But uh, we have to remember that behind us is the city. And it's up to us to protect it. And we will. We will, George. It's cold, you know. I wish the British had come on and get it over with. January 8, 1815. Many of the women of New Orleans gathered in chapels and homes with knives in their belts and prayer books in their hands... While in a room on the second story of a brick building, shutters drawn across a window, a woman lies in early stages of labor. Near the bed, a midwife sits rocking. 
Nearer still stands a small boy annoyed by all the happenings which he cannot understand. Didn't Papa eat breakfast? Yes, dear. I didn't see him. He left before you were out of bed. Why didn't he eat breakfast? He did, darling. Here, now, don't you bother your mother now. Let him be, please. I want him to be near for a while longer. Will Papa come back soon? Yes, Louis. Did he go out on a boat? No, he went a few miles away on land. He will come back before nightfall. Why did he go? Because... Because they told him to. Uncle Coleman told him to? No, darling. General Jackson told him. How are you, ma'am? All right. It'll be soon. What? The birth or the killing? Birth, Miss Bouchard. Yes. You're right. But not for a while. that letter, Bruchard? I never finish a letter. I write a page and I read it over. It never says what I want it to. Hey, listen. What is it? Listen, I said. There, there. You hear? Yes. The British are walking around, aren't they? Yes. The officers are peering out there now. Look, way down the bulwark. That's General Jackson, isn't it? Where? Standing up on top, peering out. As the sound is gone, the British have stopped. How far away are they? I do not know. Close. Lord. They're going to come front on? I hope so. You do? The pirates are on the cannons. So? Dominic is standing up now. Look, he's talking to some of the men. Lord, how calm he is. They are ready. With those pirates on the cannon, it's going to be terrible. The British will come walking through the mist in formations. Giant formations. And the pirates will be behind the earth, loading and firing as if the British were Spanish frigates in the high seas. A terrible thing. Yeah, all part of being noble and protecting a city. Now, now look, why couldn't we go out there and, and reason with the English? Why couldn't we say, look here, we're telling you that you'd have lost if you'd tried. Now, now go on home with your lives. <laughs> yeah, what's so funny? Your suggestion... The logic of an old woman as she cooks soup in a kitchen with six cats on the floor sleeping. Hey, I don't know that I like that comment. Uh, listen. I thought I heard them. Yeah. They'll be coming in soon now. They've stopped. Yes. I wonder what they're thinking. Who? English, Irish, Scotch. They're human, too. <laughs> Whiten always the same. We'd rather be waiting than walking into the American rifles, laddie. Mm, Whiten than fighting for the crown. Fighting because they pay me, but for no crown. Fighting for money is like selling your life, Irishman. Well, then what is farming like if it's different? Instead of money, you get potatoes. Sell your life for potatoes and babbies. How much I think it's worth to walk into the American lines? How much money? Well, now, if they're no better marksmen than we are, a shilling should do. But that's not the way to think about it, you know. Don't think at all. That's the way. When the officers say stop, stop. When they say fire, fire. If you don't say anything to fire at, fire anyway. When the blooming idiots say retreat, now, laddie, that's when you start thinking for yourself. 
It's the only time I ever volunteer to run in the king's service. When the officers tell me to try to get myself out of whatever the officers have gotten me into. January 8, 1815. Morning. The mist rises slowly, and as each foot of ground becomes visible to the Americans, the men wait until they can see the feet and the legs and then the bodies of the first ranks of the British army lined up before them, ready to advance. Bruchard, you know how to pray? Huh? Did you? Did I what? Pray. Well, let me alone. I'm right. Uh, Lord of mercy, what is it, a newspaper? I, I prayed, you know. I expect my mother's praying right now. If God hears either one of us, it'll be my mother. I I haven't done anything wrong, you understand, but I suppose you've got to judge a man for what he's done right. I haven't done anything right. Fighting a battle is right. Is it? It's right to kill. Even God says so, huh? I don't understand God very well. Look, will you be quiet, George? How can God be on both sides? Look here, they, they got... 12,000 men. And we got how many? 2,000? I think so. Now then, then suppose they were to pray 12,000 prayers. And we were to pray 2,000 prayers. They win. Is that right? No, George. I'm just asking. Ask a priest. Well, let me ask you something else. You're wise, Bruchard. Can we count the slaves as a full prayer or as two-thirds of a prayer? You finished your letter? It isn't signed, but I'm through. Did you hear my question about the free slaves? Yes, I heard it. <laughs> the world is so full of oddities. Merrily, we go into battle. Each man with the same God. And watch us, God. And we'll show you that no man has a God at all. Close the shutters. Perhaps you heard something, Miss Bouchard. I thought I did. What? Can I open the window? Yes. Now, you stand back there, Louis. Law, Miss Bouchard, it started. Mama, thunder. Is it? Is it the cannon? Yes, ma'am. He said he would write me a letter this morning. I wonder if he did. Mama. Don't you worry, Louis. It's only thunder. And soon the thunder will be over. And the men will come back to the city. Your father will be back. Is he with the thunder, Mama? Yes. Will he hurry, Mama? Yes, darling. Mama, how long does it take to make thunder? Oh, sometimes no longer than a few minutes. Perhaps an hour. The thunder isn't loud, Mama. No, darling. It's not as loud as God's. Hush, baby. Hush. She sure is a pretty baby. Nearly eight pounds. Or more. Louis was ugly when he was born. But this one is pretty. 
You won't have no trouble remembering her birthday, ma'am. Not this one. No. Not with a battle to help you remember the day of the great battle she was born. Where is Louis? He ain't back from the battle. I meant Louis, the little boy, my son. Oh, he's outside on the steps, ma'am. Let him come in. Yes, sir. Louis, your ma wants you. But you keep quiet, boy. Louis? Yes, Mama. Has the thunder stopped? Yes, Mama. But, but Papa isn't home. Have the men come back? Yes, ma'am. Many of them are back. Louis, go to the window and watch for him. Open the shutter, and when you see your father, tell me. Yes, Mama. Now, Louis, it is very important for you to see him, and you must not make a mistake. Yes, Mama. Would seem to me that he has had time to walk the distance back. It was only two miles, and others have already walked it. Now, now, don't you fret so soon. How long does it take to walk two miles? No, I don't know, ma'am. I remember when I lived in the country, he would come to court me. He would walk out from the town, and it would take him, I believe he said, 40 minutes. And I live no farther than the battlefield is from here. When did the cannon stop? I don't know. Yes, you do. An hour ago. Was it an hour? Please be quiet. Listen. Footsteps. And on the stairs. Louis, you were supposed to watch. Now lie down, ma'am. I'll go to the door. Louis, how could you let your father come into the building and you not even see him? And it's very important. But, but Mama, I didn't see him. Lie quiet, ma'am. Here, here. If I must be quiet, so must you, little one. Your afternoon has been as difficult as mine. But now we both must compose ourselves to meet your father. He is back from the battle. Yes, sir? Is this the apartment of a man named Bruchard? Yes, sir. Louis, is that you? Louis? It, it ain't your husband, ma'am. Well, well, who is it? I bring news about him, if I may come in. Yes, of course. Who are you? My name is George Picard. I've worked in a coffee shop until today. Do I know you? No. Does my husband? He did, ma'am. Did? When? When you were boys, you mean? This morning. May I sit down? Louis? Yes, Mama. Go out into the hall. Close the door, Louis. Where is Papa? Watch for him from the hall window, Louis. Close the door. Now, tell me anything, sir, that you may have to say. Except that my husband is dead. That I cannot hear. Tell me he has lost a leg, or both legs, or is blind. Mrs. Bruchard. But I will not listen if you go beyond that. Mrs. Bruchard, I, I have no choice. He, he is dead. He's dead, and I'm sorry. It, it's a miracle that he's gone, and, and it's very strange. This morning we stood side by side in the lines and talked. He was confident and chided me because I was afraid. And then, then the battle started. A noisy thing. People running here and there. The cannons are firing, and General Jackson was rushing up and down the lines, yelling at the top of his voice. 
Out, out in front, we could see the masses of men, the British Army, walking towards us with those front lines falling time and again as the cannon sounded. Then there was a moment when the British fled. The confusion lessened, and I, I looked beside me to find your husband gone. I thought he might have run away. But I, I remembered what he'd said before the battle. And then I saw him lying on the ground, the letter in his hand. As if in the final moment of his life he'd been trying to write down something or sign his name at the bottom of the page. I can't say as to that. Are, are you certain he's dead? Mrs. Bruchard, would I have come up here if I had not been sure? What is to be done with his body? Well, don't worry about that. If, if you permit, I'll see that arrangements are made. I haven't been in charge of anything like that before, but uh, it's something I would like to do. We were not, not friends, you understand, but your little boy and the baby and, and you, this family, well, families are right, and, and so the whole family's hurt, and I'd... Should, should I take the baby, ma'am? No. No, let her be. She'll cry only for a little while. Let her cry. Let her learn. She lives in a world of men. Let her learn to cry. celebrates, Mother. The streets are full of laughter. Yes, it is a wonderful night. The battle is over and you are well. Yeah, I'm well. I hear that the pirates are down on the waterfront having themselves a time. They are free now, pardoned by the general. Drunk as men can get. And you should be celebrating, too. I celebrated. Only for a moment, Mother. There was that one moment when I knew that I hadn't been a coward. And that's a fine feeling in itself. I hadn't really had a chance to think about being afraid. When the battle started, I just loaded and fired and kept at it and never once thought of fleeing or hiding. So I felt like somebody. I felt like I was grown up for the first time. Here I am, 29 years of age, but for the first time I felt like a man must feel. Then I, then I saw him lying on the ground. Hush, hush. No need to talk of that. That letter in his hand. He has a pretty wife, Mama. And his son is, is young. Hardly old enough to know who his father is. I, I was thinking this afternoon, Mama. Well, let's not talk about it now. George. Pity is not a firm base for a family, not for a marriage. Because you are sorry for these people... Now, you must hush, Mama. I will have to decide this for myself. I only intended to suggest that always before you have taken my advice. I have been to the battle, Mama. I will decide. It is not like it was before. You're not like you were before, are you? Stand out there and watch men face danger and do it yourself. Men die beside you and you keep on living. Life takes on a meaning. Deep, different, cruel, strong. God takes on a meaning. 
No, no, I must decide this. But not tonight. A month or two, perhaps I will call on the Bruchards. It's something I want to do. All right, dear. But now let's celebrate the great victory and the safety of you all young. We must have a toast. Yes. I'll get the glasses. Here we are. The ones your father used, brought from France. Yes, thank you. Now, you may pour. Now then, the toast. How can I say? Let us drink to whatever it is which makes me whatever I am that is better than whatever I was this morning. Yes, dear. Let us drink to that. It is good brandy. George, you, you broke the glass. You threw it down as if... What is the matter? I'm sorry. But I thought of her and him. Of the boy and the new baby. And, and then of the toast. Good Lord, the toast. To what it was that changed me from what I was this morning. Yes, dear, but... We drink to war, Mother. We drink a toast to war. How can we drink a toast to war, Mother? They've got fireworks on the streets, Miss Bouchard. Close the shutters. Yes, them. Shall I blow out the candles, ma'am? No, please leave one on. Put it close by where I can reach. Yes, sir. Is Louis in bed? I put the boy to bed, but he ain't asleep. He asked for his father. Yes, for his father. And speaks real angry about the thunder. Once when some fireworks went off below the window, he shook like he's afraid. How can you explain to a boy that... Well, let us wait until tomorrow. Good night, Miss Bichard. One moment. Would you hand me the letter? I will read it to the baby. Yes, ma'am. Is it... Is it a letter of love, Miss Bouchard? Do men write love letters before a battle? Good night, Miss Bouchard. My dearest wife and son, and second son of first daughter, the mist is close about us as this inked quill scratches. But when we read this, the mist will have gone. And perhaps I will bring the letter to you. In which case I may decide not to give it to you at all. For a letter written in a moment of danger is not likely to avoid some confusion. But I can tell you what now is clear to me. That I love you is clear. You, my wife. And you, Louis. And you, child not now born. And yet, how can we love the unborn whom we have not seen and to whom we fathers make such a small contribution in pain? To love the newly dead, that is explainable, for we know the dead. But to love the unborn is not, unless perhaps it is the future that always concerns us and the unborn are our hopes for it. And so we live, hoping that men will be better tomorrow than we are today. That our children will go on to become what we see that we have no chance of becoming. 
there is something else I know also. That I feel closer to each one of you at this moment than ever before in my life. Ever before. Perhaps because I feel that you need me now. More than ever before. Here behind these bulwarks, I realize I stand protecting you. It is a remarkable thing that a battle is needed to make a man appreciate what he cannot appreciate so well in enjoying the thing itself. How strangely we are made. And one other thing, I also see clearly that the love I have for you and the feeling I have that I am important need it. Make it possible for me to face this battle quite unafraid. Some men have said that families make cowards of us. Not so with me. But rather, the family is the source of my bravery. Just as the battle is a strengthening place. And if it should lead to something that would cause this letter to be brought to you by some other hand, take whatever solace can be sent in words. Remember that for you I die right willingly. And if I had come home, I would have lived
American Adventure is written by John Ely, directed by John Clayton, produced by the Communication Center of the University of North Carolina. American Adventure is produced on a grant and aid from the National Association of Educational Broadcasters, made possible by the Educational Television and Radio Center. In today's story, The Battle, the cast was composed of students, faculty members, and townspeople of the University of North Carolina community. American Adventure is produced and recorded by the University of North Carolina on the campus at Chapel Hill. Tom Owen speaking.